I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Kelly Rinaldo, a rare patient advocate in Kansas City, is using World Rare Disease Day as a way to bring together the rare disease community in the region at a town hall meeting and to use that meeting to drive new initiatives. We spoke to Rinaldo about her new organization, Rare KC, the upcoming town hall meeting, and her vision for turning Kansas City into the home of a national center of excellence for rare diseases. Kelly, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks, Danny. It's a pleasure. We're going to talk about your efforts in Kansas City to organize an event for Rare World Rare Disease Day. But where is World Rare Disease Day is about a day where patients and patient advocates work to raise awareness about rare diseases. You have much greater ambitions to use this as a launching pad for a broader effort. I, I thought as an introduction to our listeners, you could begin by explaining how you became involved in issues surrounding rare disease. Sure, Danny. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to kind of share not only our personal story, but um, the effort that our entire Kansas City um, community has engaged in over the last several months. Um, my my engagement, my story in rare disease actually began. Um, my husband and I have four children: um, two girls and two boys. Um, our first daughter was born, and we were first-time parents, healthy parents, um, but she was born, and, and although we always guessed there was an underlying um, concerns and some issues, um, as is very common with families with rare disease, um, a lot of times we were just told she was fine, she was healthy, it was us as parents, so um, we went on our way. Um, then our second daughter, Katie, was born, um, and unfortunately, her genetic um, condition um, was apparent very early on. Um, at the age of five months after traveling across the country um, looking for specialists that truly understand um, some of the challenges that she was having at the time, um, she passed away at the age of five months. Um, and at that point in time, her rare disease had un gone undiagnosed. In fact, it was actually misdiagnosed. Um, and so what we thought we were chasing with regards to treatment um, was actually not what was actually going to impact and, and save her life. And if we fast forward then five years later, um, our first daughter, Allie, um, who again, all along we'd had some concerns and issues with regards to um, just some characteristics, short stature, um, some other issues that were presenting itself. Um, finally, at the age of eight, she got diagnosed with Turner syndrome, um, which again is a chromosomal disorder that only affects little girls. Um, but it's classified as one of the 7,000 rare diseases. So our whole family's life has been kind of pushed into having a passion for rare disease. Um, once Allie was diagnosed and we finally got a diagnosis, um, then became the next challenge of once you do receive a diagnosis of a rare disease, the challenges that present itself to families of finding specialists and physicians that understand the basic understanding of the disease um, let alone accessing cures, treatments. Um, and here in Kansas City, we are very fortunate. We have an amazing children's hospital 
Um, and yet, when I went to access care, um, trying to coordinate care for a child with rare disease and coordinate all the different specialists, and, and to be honest with you, to even know the questions to ask um, is very challenging. And yet, here I was, um, well-educated. I have a background in, in, med- in medicine. Um, we had great insurance. I speak English as my primary language, and it was still a challenge. Um, so after Ali was diagnosed, um, I owned a medical staffing company at the time, but my love and passion got pulled into rare disease and making a difference not only for my daughter, um, but for all the other girls and families that came behind her with, with Turner syndrome. So we partnered with our local hospital here in Kansas City, um, basically brought a business model to them, um, a model that we thought would not only have better outcomes um, for patients and families, but also have better outcomes for the hospital and the physicians. Um, and so for the next five years, we championed to build what is now called the Great Heights Clinic here in Kansas City um, as the comprehensive care model um, that families from all over the Midwest now access um, to coordinate care for their daughter with Turner Syndrome. But what we found during that process is that the model that we had created, um, it works not only for Turner Syndrome, um, but the model, because of how it was structured, actually then started working for other rare diseases. So that model has then spun over and been able to create a similar model here in Kansas City for 22Q deletion families, Noonan syndrome families, um, and the list just kind of goes on and on. And and as a parent with a a child uh, that has Turner syndromes, I I know you had great frustrations with getting access to the range of care she needed. How, How did this change things for you? So, yeah, so uh, the model that we created here in Kansas City and, and actually the model of the Great Heights Clinic has now been duplicated. I was just out last week in Denver, Colorado, um, meeting with their team that launched um, a model of care off of our model here in Kansas City. Um, instead of being a parent that is trying to educate yourself and then educate the specialists, again, because one of the biggest challenges with rare diseases is when you find a provider, that provider may have seen a, a girl with Turner syndrome maybe once in their career, um, again, depending on if you're in an area that has access to um, high-level care and, and top-level hospitals versus if you are isolated maybe out in a rural community. Um, so by creating the model, it not only gave us access um, to physicians and specialists that understood Turner syndrome, um, but there was a networking component to it, Danny, to be honest with you, um, that if you ask most of my families, um, is just as valuable as the coordinated care model. Um, being able to connect with other families, being able to feel like you're not alone in this process. I think when you talk with most rare disease families, that is one of the biggest challenges, the feeling like you're in this alone um, and not being able to connect with other families that truly understand or maybe have shared your journey. So the networking component of it, the way our model runs is, Three times a year, based on our NIH guidelines, our, our, the hospital holds a comprehensive clinic. So families from all over the Midwest will come together, and for that day, there will be 60, oh, approximately 60 girls and families come together, um, not only to get and receive that coordinated care, but to create a community and network with each other. Um, the model that we've created, it has not only the networking the comprehensive care component of it, um, but we felt it was essential also that it incorporated, incorporated education and then a transition piece because I think all of us in healthcare realize there's a huge challenge 
um, across the nation in transitioning of pediatrics to adult care. And that challenge even becomes greater when you're um, dealing with, with children and families that have rare diseases. In 2015, you founded the Rare KC Project to drive change in the lives of those challenged by rare genetic conditions and diseases in the Kansas City area. Put some numbers to this. We talk about one in 10 people in the United States having a rare disease. How many people in your area are affected by rare disease? So if you look at the statistics um, coming out of the NIH and, and Global Genes and NORD and other organizations that, that try to wrap their arms around how many individuals are affected by rare disease, we would estimate here in Kansas City we have about 250,000 people. And that estimate's probably on the low end um, because I think one of the biggest challenges about rare disease is so many people don't even know that their disease is a, is classified as a rare disease. Um, so those are estimates here in Kansas City, um, with the course, according to the estimate, probably 50% of those being children. And I take it a, a fair number of those kids don't make it to the age of five. No, they don't. They don't. In fact, I think the statistics are about 30% of those kids don't make it to the age of five. What exactly is the Rare KC project, what is it seeking to do? So Rare KC was an initiative that, you know, as as we spent time and, you know, connecting, I sit on our family advisory board at our children's hospital here in Kansas City, I think it became very, very apparent to me that the challenges that we experienced um, with our daughter with Turner syndrome, and then again, our additional experience that we had when we lost our, our daughter, Katie, um, was that so many of our challenges are independent of our actual medical diagnosis. So whether my daughter has Turner syndrome or your child has 22Q deletion or cystic fibrosis, all of the families and children with rare disease, we share so many common challenges um, that are unique specifically to our rare disease community. Um, so as that awareness became more and more apparent to me as I met more and more families, um, it, it, it almost started... Um, creating a, an initiative to say, what happens if we brought those voices together, right? So many of us are, are such a small population that it's hard to elicit change um, and, and create that network that's really necessary to support our kids and to make sure that we provide them the best quality of life possible. Um, I was actually connected, um, started following Nicole Boyce um, in the Global Genes Organization. Well, I guess it was probably about two years ago they caught my attention. Um, a great advocacy organization. I've had the pleasure of being able to actually attend their patient advocacy summit for the last two years. And when I was out there, it was it was amazing to feel that collaboration, that collaborative effort, um, the power of when you pull all of those rare disease advocates together, what kind of change that they could elicit. What I realized, however, though, is is there was only a few of us that had the resources, the time, the money, the funding sources to be able to engage and take part in such a wonderful event. And so through some discussions with Nicole and her team out at Global Genes, we started having the discussion of, I think we can create that here in Kansas City. I think we can, I think we can model that. I think we can bring not only our rare disease community, but engage our entire medical community, our research community here in Kansas City so that we have the ability to make an impact right here in our hometown, one that all of our families could benefit from. And so that's where it started, um, it is, you know, our, our community here in Kansas City, we're very blessed 
Um, we're home to some very prestigious healthcare organizations, research medical centers with the Stowers Institute, um, University of Kansas Institute for Advancing Medical Innovation, and then, of course, our Pediatric Genome Center at Children's Mercy. And everybody was doing great work, but there was the connection that was, was missing. Um, we felt like the best place to make that connection was really from advocacy. You know, so many times when you try to make collaborative efforts um, from institution to institution, um, sometimes politics can get in the way, um, and there are other um, aspects of creating partnerships that can sometimes be challenging. Um, and so when I embraced and, and really reached out to our community leaders here, I told them that I felt like the one piece that they'd always been missing on building a true collaboration that was sustainable was they forgot the voice of the, the parents, patients, and individuals that actually are challenged on a daily basis. Um, so we decided to begin a grassroots effort here in Kansas City. Um, it will result on February 29th. Um, we're planning on having a town hall event um, that will bring together all of our community lead leaders, philanthropic, biotech, our medical, our research, and most important, our patient family advocacy. Um, the response has truly been overwhelming. Um, I don't know that when we started actually putting the planning of this together nine months ago um, that we would have anticipated the, the response that we have, but um, it's been amazing. So on February 29th, World Rare Disease Day, you're going to hold this Rare KC Town Hall. What is it? What do you expect to go on there? Who's going to attend? What are you hoping to accomplish? Absolutely. So we've thought long, long and hard, right? What is our mission? I mean, if we're if we're going to create this initiative, the Rare KC Initiative, um, our hopes was from the beginning to make something that was sustainable and something that would elicit change in how rare, rare diseases were managed, um, cures and new drug development happening here in Kansas City. Um, so over the last nine months, um, the town hall event has, has really evolved. Um, the agenda of the event um, is set up. So it's structured. We have some of our top leaders, um, community leaders. Um, Right now, Kevin Yoder, uh, Congressman Yoder, um, has been invited to be our keynote. We're just waiting on confirmation for him that it actually has scheduled between being here and being out in D.C. for all of the events that will take place there that week, um, that that will work with his schedule. Um, we have an, a very strong up-and-coming Ph.D. M.D. student who spent his last few years over at the Sowers Institute um, that's doing a presentation talking about not only how rare is common, um, but also from a perspective of the next generation of providers and researchers and how they see technology and the advancements um, really coming together to make a huge push and gain in the area of rare disease. Um, there will be a, a family panel. Um, it will be moderated um, by Kim Kimenow from um, KU Medical Center. Um, and the family panel is really geared towards making sure our community hears the challenges um, and the struggles of our rare disease community. So the panel is made up of both parents as well as patients, both um, pediatric and adult, so that they can share their experiences here in Kansas City um, and what struggles we continue to face. Um, that presentation will actually be followed by a senior advisor from the, Nance, the National Institute of Health, um, who has since gained some attention to our Kansas City initiative here, and we'll speak on on really from a national level of why these types of initiatives, why engaging our patients um, are so important to advancements in science and, 
and um, the hope of curing rare disease. And um, yep, you're expecting a lot of the attendees to be wearing blue jeans that day. Why is we that? do absolutely yes, yes. At the same point in time, um, you know, as as we promote the town hall event. We also wanted to engage a citywide campaign. We want our entire Kansas City community um, to turn denim blue for a day um, and to wear their favorite pair of blue jeans. Um, there's a student-led initiative right now inside of our schools called Care About Rare, um, where we hope to engage even our teenagers and our youth of our Kansas City community. We figure, you know, with, with, the, with the Royals being able to turn us blue for the last two years, um, this would be a great community to be able to bring this campaign to. Yeah, well, we should make note it's called Jeans for Jeans. Yes, yes. As I mentioned earlier, you're hoping to that this kicks off a, a much bigger effort that extends well beyond Rare Disease Day by bringing together all the various rare disease stakeholders in Kansas City. Many of our listeners may be unaware of, of all the activity that goes on in Kansas City in, in terms of, of research and, and medical care. You alluded to a number of the, the institutions that you're working with, but how much of a hotbed is Kansas City for biomedical innovation? Well, Danny, I would say I would say we we are we are that 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 hidden gem in the middle of the Midwest. I think a lot of times we get referred to as the flyover state. And if you were actually going to vacation, I would tell you that is absolutely true and maybe you should keep flying over. <laughs> but when it comes to when it comes to medical innovation, Kansas City has a long, long history of medical innovation here. Um, the, the Marion Labs and the Kauffman Foundation, which I, I think is very well represented at a national and even international level, you know, their basis of the Kauffman family was the development of biotech and drug development way back when with Marion Labs. Um, the Sowers Institute, another amazing resource that, that I think is really unknown to a lot of the world. Um, this is a me- biomedical research facility here in Kansas City that was fully funded from Virginia and Jim Stowers, um, the founders of American Century Investments. Um, we have our Pediatric Genome Center at Children's Mercy Hospital. We're one of four institutions that are part of an NIH funding grant um, that looks at um, genetic diagnostics of undiagnosed rare disease. Um, we have the fastest program in the United States. I think if I'm correct, um, they are actually down to be able to do genomic testing of a baby that's in the NICU um, and have pretty high percentage, I think it's around 70%, accuracy on diagnosis within 26 hours, which if you talk to any family that has waited that four to six weeks or sometimes even longer um, to get that genetic testing back, what a, what a true amazing gift we have here in Kansas City. Um, so we, you know, between... The stowers between our philanthropic community, the work that um, is happening over at KU with the, within the AME Institute, um, as well as personalized medicine, um, we really have all of the pieces here um, to create what we hope will possibly become the first national center of excellence for rare disease based out of Kansas City. And beyond Kansas City, you have some ambitions for World Rare Disease Day next year. What, what will you be working on? We do, and so we've already we have already kind of set the plan. Um, as I told you from the beginning, our hopes were were never to make this a one year event, but rather to create a platform that could continue to build out of Kansas City. Um, this year is a local town hall event was set, although it now obviously has attracted some national um, attention and some national speakers too. 
Um, in addition, Lisa Mitchell from the Milken Institute and Faster Cures will also be attending our conference. Um, but next year, we hope to take this and build it to the next platform. I know that there's been discussions with Stephen Grass out at the NIH um, to make this a national town hall event and really be able to show the effectiveness of a model at a local level and how a grassroots can can kind of come from the ground up to meet the level and, and to support the efforts that are happening at a national level through Global Genes and some of the other patient advocacy organizations. Kelly Ranallo, founder and president of the Turner Syndrome Global Alliance and founder of Rare KC. You can find more information about the KC Rare Town Hall meeting at rarekc.org. Kelly, thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much, Danny. I really appreciate all you do for our community. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.